The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 20th, 2020. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you do because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Well, it's a beautiful day here in Sonoma County, and I have a real special guest with me today. Joining me in the studio is Susan Lamont, who is a longtime social justice advocate who approaches most issues through the lens of human rights. We will be talking about the Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach, uh, I-O-L-E-R-O, and a potential ordinance that they're trying to get on the ballot for the 2020 ballot, and I'm looking forward to hearing from Susan and all the good information she's going to have. You know, yesterday was quite quite a day. You know, they celebrated the Martin Luther King birthday at the uh, Santa Rosa High School. And I'm going to ask Susan. Uh, Susan Lamont is on the air with me now. Before I introduce her formally, we'll wait to the next segment when I have her on. Uh, I'm going to ask her a few questions. She said she went to the Martin Luther King ceremony last night, the program. I'm sorry that I was not unable to make it. We were just so burned out. It was amazing. And you said it was one of the best ones that you've been to. Tell me, why was it so good? Well, it it was it was simply so uplifting and and gave you so much hope about the young people who were there as well as as well as the oldsters i mean alicia sanchez was sort of, was the keynote speaker yeah, pre- president, president of kbbf and she was great she's always great but it was a very hopeful message and there were young people doing um hip hop and singing and poetry and the speech uh, by the young woman, uh, just they they were they were mind blowing, and they had you know you, normally they have the little children off doing some projects while the thing is happening, and then they bring them on stage towards the end. And this time they they were working on uh, talking about how they were going to be global citizens and how important that was to them and what they were going to do with their lives and these ranged from kids from fifth grade down to toddlers and they spoke and they sang and they danced and it was just really incredible (laughs) you know you know what's so interesting to me susan and you know in women's spaces i say it every at the end of every show that our children are the future and we must never lose sight of that and that was evident last night right and what's so exciting what's so exciting about seeing young people is that they're making these old old people i mean these old white i don't know what to say aware of the fact 
that there is a problem and that their future is being robbed from them. And the articulation is amazing. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you would agree with me. Yes. Well, uh, congratulations to everybody. A shout out. I know that there's a committee that works on it every year. Last week we had uh, people on from the committee and also from the day on. No, a day, not a day off, but a day on from the, at the Baptist Church. And we'll talk a little bit about it as, as we go progress into the program. And I was just amazed at the uh, inspiration that I achieved just from listening to what was going on. I'm really sorry that I was not there. And of course, Saturday, we had the Women's March, which was another amazing event. And another thing with young people. I mean, there was so... I mean, I have to do a shout-out to Leslie Graves. I wanted to have her on the phone today, but she's taking a little bit of a rest and well-deserved. I mean, a shout-out to her. She just did one of the most fabulous jobs pulling this whole thing together. And, you know, it's it's never a perfect thing. You know, everyone's always got to complain about something. But you know something? When you look at the whole event itself and the amount of people and also I saw you running around. You were getting your petition signed. I saw all the young people there. And, and and also what's so interesting to me, and I don't know if you found this, but you realize that we are another generation. You know, We have a way of doing things, and these young people, they're moving, uh, they're moving forward. Well, I want to do a shout-out to Leslie Graves. I want to thank her from the bottom of my heart for everything that she did. She had almost 40 people from community organizations out there. I mean, you walked around. There was so much information, so many hugs, so many good feelings. And it, it was it, you, you really realize that the only way that we're ever going to have peace on earth if people gather and talk to each other and say enough is enough, particularly women. Uh, Ken was telling me that he saw this one sign he liked, the, there's an elephant in the womb. <laughs> you know, I thought that that is really interesting. And then you, you had a little complaint about something, the article, something was said in the Press Democrat, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not personally a fan of the word pussy or the use of pussy hats um to me it kind of trivializes things but given the icon status that it has achieved um it seems to me that the press democrat could have used the word in its article and it didn't it said kitty hats well kitty hats has nothing to do with anything it's 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 about it is about the word pussy it is certainly not about cats or kitties. Well, I don't know. It seems like journalists are afraid of two words, pussy and vagina. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, just, they just don't want to do it. But, yeah. you know, in spite of it, in spite of it, we have to give the Press Democrat credit because last year I was so frustrated that they didn't show the, the whole front line of how beautiful it was with these people marching yeah. and this year they had a gorgeous picture and the yeah, yeah they covered it they covered it well, well other than that and just as they covered the mlk event last night extremely well in today's paper right but you know but still you know still they have to be journalists have to be aware you know they are setting the mood they're setting the standard you know and the best they can do is to keep with what's real and it's okay to criticize in fact it's important it's important that we look at things and we say, no, this is good, this is not good. And I want to do a shout-out to uh, my dear friend, Sydney Davenport. She does the Prayer Gospel Singers, and they were just wonderful on the stage. You know, I know some people, they question because they're bringing God in and, and some of the spiritualism. But, you know, I thought about, I thought about when, as I was watching them and listening to them, I thought about Juneteenth coming up, you know, in about a whole year that these people didn't even know they were free. And I think of the, the black church 
church and how it inspired, how the Bible itself inspired people to freedom. I mean, when you listen to uh, uh, things about Sojourner Truth, I mean, that's what they talk about. They talk about the gospel. They talk about the, and also that through their gospel singing, there was messages sending. So to me, seeing them up there, even though they talk about God, seeing them is a reminder of a struggle that a people went through to be free. So a shout out to Sydney Davenport and the Prayer Gospel Singers. They were absolutely wonderful. And, of course, one of the main speakers was our own Molly Murphy McGregor, who is the founder of the Women's History Project here in Sonoma County. Beautiful job. I mean, I mean, just think about it. Forty years ago, there was hardly anything written about women in history. And here we are having women's marches, Black Life Matters, all these different things that are women are coming out. So a shout out to her. And then I'll tell you, I'm having a hard time. I'm still having a hard time living with this. You know, uh, Susan Lamont wrote a beautiful, beautiful letter to the editor. In fact, I wrote a letter. When we both talked to each other, she says, oh, your letter will get in. Mine won't. But hers did, and it was really hard-hitting. I'm sorry I don't have it with me to read. But one of the speakers there was a young woman by the name of Jacqueline Okana, O-C-A-N-A. Okana, who was one of the candidates to replace Judy Combs, you know, and it would have been wonderful to have a woman of color, a young woman, up there, you know. Who, I, who reflects Julie's more uh, liberal thinking than the rest of the board, the council does. Well, I think the saddest thing about Judy Combs is they would never allow her to be vice mayor yep. or mayor. Yep. I mean, what, oh, Let's stay in the 50s and the 40s. You know, let's just go backwards. But anyway, Jacqueline was wonderful. And she really came across not only powerful, but with a sense of warmth, you know. And then, of course, the youth were there from the Sunrise Movement. And I'm really sorry I don't have the whole list of people. And I just want to do a shout-out for everybody. They did a fabulous, fabulous job. And also it was reported. Hmm. It was reported that there were a thousand people, so I would add probably another five hundred, maybe even. I thought, I mean, I thought the square was full, and the march. What was really interesting, the march was just when you saw all the people coming down the street. It was just, it was just amazing. So a shout out to everybody, and you know, I have a few announcements today, and before I get into that, I want to remind people that today is Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. Dr. King was one of my heroes. And I can close my eyes and I can hear Bobby Kennedy talking to the crowd, telling that Dr. King was shot. And I can, I can still hear the, the sound that came out of the crowd, like this, this, this deep sound that, I, that I, I never have forgotten. I mean, the man had so much to say. You know, well, today is his birthday. We were celebrating. He's one of my heroes, Martin, Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King. And like I said, I can remember them like it was yesterday, turning on the radio and all of a sudden going, what? Not Dr. King. I mean, amazing. So why, you know, and I thought about why it's so important to celebrate his life. Not just because of the man, but the message of the man. What he had to say and what he believed in. And we're going to play a little song by Laura Nero that, that kind, of gives a, kind of gives you an understanding of his message. 
but it was the message that he came across, the message of hope, the message of love. I mean, the idea that he had a vision where all children could come together, black, white, yellow, whatever, and live together in harmony. I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful vision. You know, it's interesting, you know, people people complain about, uh, you know, religion and everything. Religion teaches us a lot, you know. I think a lot about religion every once in a while. When I think of Dr. Martin Luther King, now why was he killed? Why was he shot? He was preaching love. He was preaching equality. He was preaching coming together. He was also preaching against capitalism and militarism. Right, capitalism <laughs> and militarism. Okay, so now let's go to the Bible. There was a man called Jesus Christ that we're all worshiping. Why was he put on the cross? Oh, the mythology is, oh, he was going to be go on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. Well, I disagree with that. I think he went on the cross for the same reason that Dr. King was shot. He was preaching love. He was preaching equality. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly what Dr. King was saying. That we are all brothers and sisters of the earth. So there's a lot to think about. But I'm going to give you a little history of Dr. King. Martin Luther King Jr. was born on January 15, 1929. And it was April 4, 1968. I was 28 years old when an American Christian minister and activist who became the most visible spokesperson and leader in the civil rights movement from 19. 55 until his assassination in 1968. Dr. King was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's best known for advancing civil rights through nonviolence and civil disobedience. Inspired, now listen to this, inspired by his Christian beliefs. Now you may not believe in what he believed, but the belief is that we come together equally we come together as a people in spite of our colors in spite of our background you know that that was the basis for his message he king led the 1955 montgomery bus boycott and in 1957 became the first president of the southern christian leadership conference He led a successful 1962 struggle against segregation in Albany, Georgia, and helped organize the nonviolent 1963 protest in Birmingham, Alabama. He also helped organize the 1963 March on Washington, where he delivered that wonderful speech, I Have a Dream. On October 14, 1964, King won the Nobel Peace Prize for combating racial inequality through nonviolent resistance in 1965, where he helped organize the Selma to Montgomery marches. What a man. What a man he was, Dr. King. And I hope he is never forgotten. And the most important thing about his birthday is not just to celebrate the man, but to celebrate the message, the message of love, the message of acceptance, I mean, what does hate bring us? Hate only brings more hate. 
And you know something who suffers when you hate? You suffer. Because the person you hate half the time doesn't even know you hate them. You know, so what difference does it make? Anyway, that's a lot to think about. And I'm going to go through a few announcements. And then we'll be talking with Susan Lamont about what she's up to. By the way, a little history about Susan and I. Susan and I, it's very interesting. We met, actually, it's really interesting. We met at the protest for the uh, Iraq War. In fact, I have a poster. And, you know, I'm going to bring the poster tonight. Uh, excuse me. Today, when I go to the, uh, to the, I'm going to be going over to the church, the Baptist church. I'll talk a little bit about it in a second. But on top of the poster, I'm just going to put, we were right. If they would have listened to us, trillions, not billions, but trillions of dollars could have been saved, could have gone into health care, education, uh, roads, uh, schools, you name it. But no. Not no, to mention no. lives. Pardon? Not to mention lives lost. Oh, my God. Hundreds and thousands of lives. Women and children, civilians. I mean, when you think about it, it is, it's beyond. Well, Dr. King was against all war. And what does war bring us? You know, if war were the answer, folks, we would have had peace a long time ago. We've been warring for hundreds of years. I mean, this is nothing new. We just watched a thing called Poldark, and I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, my goodness. And, you know, I have to agree. I have to agree when I, you know, I have Dr. Harriet Fraud on every once in a while, and one of the things that she says is the problem, the one failure of the women's movement is they never address class. And I totally agree with it because class is what keeps us apart. All of a sudden, you're a rich guy. You have more money. You're a poor person. You have less, you know, and it just goes on and on. You know, so there's a lot to think about. But anyway, I have a few a few announcements to make here. First of all, I want everybody to know that this year, uh, the Women's History Alliance, the National Women's History Alliance, has announced they are announcing the 2020 Women's History theme, which is Valiant Women of the Vote. And it's just it's just amazing that, you know, women in the vote, this is how we're going to make things change. It took us 100 years, to, uh, actually 72 years, till we finally got the vote. And I'm just watching, I'm just watching a, a movie called Suffrage, which is a story about what happened in England. And I was shocked, the cruelty. I mean, we know what the cruelty in the United States was, but when you look at England and it, all of a sudden it really addresses the fact that these men were out to shut women up. How dare them want the vote? And women don't vote? Shame on you if you don't go to the polls or sign some of these petitions. Well, to celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday uh, at the Community Baptist Church, there's a free annual event. It's called the 2020 MLK, a day on, not a day off. In other words, don't go shopping. Go do something for your community, which I think is very, very, very uh, interesting. It starts at 10 o'clock, and it's going to be going on till 5 o'clock, and it's going to be at 1620 Sonoma Avenue in Santa Rosa, and that's the Community Baptist Church. And they also, I mean, it's a wonderful, wonderful event. Ken and I are going to be going over there. We're going to bring, we're going to bring Dr. Turner a lots of lemons and oranges. He loves them from our tree. So I hope to see everybody there. That's going to be today from 10 to 5 at 1620 Sonoma Avenue in Santa Rosa. Also to let you know that today there's also a blood drive down there. They got the blood mobile down there. So if you're inclined to give blood, hey, be my guest. <laughs> I, I've, you know, I've never given blood. Ooh, but, you know, I used to do it all the time. I want to do a shout out. You know, when I was in the hospital in, two, in 2010, 
I had blood transfusion. So thank you for all the folks that do that. So that's going to be happening today from 10 to 2, and that's also going to be at the Baptist Church. Now, here is a very important announcement, and this is going to be a national event. No war on Iran. U.S. out of Iraq in the Middle East. It's going to be happening on Saturday, January 25th at 12 p.m. at Old Courthouse Square. And I'm one of the speakers. Oh, and Susan Lamont's (laughs) going to be a speaker. Oh, my goodness. I've got to be there. No, but it's very important that we show up. You know, know, and I'm going to bring that picture. And I'm putting a big sign. We were right. You know, we even did a die-in in front of the Press Democrat. I mean, they had this beautiful, beautiful picture. And so what is your topic going to be? Um, anti-war. Anti-war, okay. <laughs> what else, you know? <laughs> okay, and I just got an email from my dear friend, Catherine Reinhardt, who's the historian for both the Petaluma and the uh, downtown library here in Sonoma County. And she wanted to remind everybody that on Saturday, January 25th, at the Central Library in downtown Santa Rosa, there's going to be a presentation by Dr. Oh, I hope I pronounce her name. It's K-H-A-L, Carl Schneider, who's a Native uh, American voting rights and and uh, talking about citizens' questions. So that's very important. It's going to be happening at the library, and it's going to be happening on Saturday at 2 o'clock. That's going to be this Saturday. So you just walk right over from the anti-war protest. You walk a couple blocks, and there you are. Let's look at this. You're right. 12 o'clock is going to be the protest, right? And then after it's all finished, just go over to the library. And it's so wonderful when you think about women of color, you know, talking about Native American voting rights. And, you know, when they had the suffrage movement and we finally did get the vote, unfortunately, black women could not vote. It was not until the Voting Rights Amendment that they actually were able to do that. Well, here's another thing that's happening at the Central Library, which I think is very important. It's called Voices of Sonoma County Listening Session. That's going to be put on by the Sonoma County Commission on the Status of Women. That's going to be Saturday, excuse me, Monday, January 27th at 6 to 8, again at the Central Library at 211 East uh, East Street in Santa Rosa. You know, we have to do a shout-out for everybody who voted for the expansion of the um, of the library because... It's just amazing some of the things now that they're able to do because they have the money. It's just amazing. Well, there's another thing that's happening, too, and I'm going to beat myself up because I... Oh, here we go, because I copied and made sure. There's going to be happening that's starting this Friday... January 24th from 5 to 7 at the the downtown, the Santa Rosa, the Sonoma County Museum on 7th Street. They're going to be opening their exhibition called From Suffrage to Me Too, a groundbreaking women in Sonoma County. And I have a whole list of women that are included in the uh, in the uh, exhibition, and it's just amazing. Mary Ellen Plantinson, Song Wong, Boodoo, Essie Parrish, we got Alice Gray here, Helen Putnam, my dear friend Helen Rudy, Molly McGregor, Alicia Sanchez, our president, Lynn Woolsey, I mean, you just to name a few, you know, I wonder why Susan's name not on there, but we're, I guess we're more new school. <laughs> anyway, that's going to be happening from 5 to 7, um, January 24th, and uh, this Friday. And we're gonna ha- we're, I'm going to have the folks on. I'm going to have next week, I'm going to have Kathleen Reinhardt on, and she's going to talk about all the events that are going on to celebrate 2020. Well, that's a lot to, 
to chew on too. Once again, I want to give a special shout out to my dear friend Leslie Graves for all that she does. And if you're listening, if you're listening, Leslie, we love you. And we're proud. We're proud of what you have been able to pull together. Well, we're going to take a musical break. And, of course, we're honoring Dr. King. And to bring forth once again the depth of his message, I have a great piece. Let's see. Can we change the name of that? Do you have your list? Can I see that? Let me see that. Don't you love live radio? Martin Luther King, sung by Laura Nebo. This gives you a little idea of some of his uh, speeches, but... But also, it's a wonderful, uplifting song. And when we come back, we will be joined in the studio by a dear friend of mine. In fact, Susan Lamont and I have, like I said, a wonderful history. She was, when I first went on the second time with Women's Spaces on television, she was my first guest. So I always feel, thank you for that, Susan. Thank you for that vote of confidence. So we're going to listen to that song by Laura Neal. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach and a potential. Boy, folks coming together, we are mad. And when you get mad, the first letter of mad is M. Make it happen. Create momentum. So go ahead, Ken. Let's go ahead and play that song.
like Martin Luther King. When I listen to that song, I cannot help but think you can kill the messenger, but you cannot kill the message. You know, and you got to think about that. I mean, just think how long we have been visualizing peace and love and equality. You know, the time is now. You know, we don't have much time, and we better make that decision. We better make up our minds that we're going to go towards love and away from hate. Anyway, for you folks just joining us, you are listening to KBBF 89.1 FM Calistoga, Santa Rosa. I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of KBBF, its board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz forgot my name for a minute and without further ado i want to introduce my guest joining me in the studio a dear friend susan lamont welcome susan welcome to uh, to women's spaces and thank you so much for helping me with the first segment of the show you know (laughs) you were there and a lot of good good information before we begin you know before we have uh before we get on the conversation of the uh the initiative, the ordinance that you're trying to work on. I'd like to tell folks just a little bit about you. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Susan Lamont, by the way, like I mentioned before, she was the first guest on when I went back on the air. Susan Lamont is a longtime social advocate who approaches most issues through the lens of human rights. Through her concern, though her concerns are many, her principal work has been anti-war since the 60s income equality and law enforcement accountability. She was the Peace and Justice Center of Sonoma County. She worked with the Peace and Justice Center of Sonoma County for a dozen years. You were one of their coordinators, right? First as a board member, then as a coordinator. She is a reader, a writer, a poet, a photographer, and landscape designer in her spare time. You know, Susan, it is interesting when you think about it. You and I met when we were protesting the Iraq War. Shock and awe. I think, sadly to say, we were right. So welcome once again. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything more? No, no, that's plenty. (laughs) Well, you know, 
Right now, at present, you are involved in an effort to get the Evelyn Cheatham effective Iolero ordinance on the ballot in November. Correct. But before we talk about that, I would like you to give our listeners a bit of history. First of all, what does Iolero stand for? The Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach. Well, and, and how, what, what, how did this And it's come, a county office. Yeah, and how did it come about, and what were the challenges, some of the challenges in getting started? Well, it came directly out of the killing of Andy Lopez by a sheriff's deputy, Gilhouse, and the protests that occurred after that to say there needed to be a change within law enforcement in this county. And at first, the protesters were not really being listened to and you know you just have to keep going back um the supervisors chambers were shut down a few times uh same thing happened at city council of santa rosa uh you know sometimes you just have to keep pushing them because they're not going to do anything well i noticed when we were i was involved with that right along with you and i noticed that what had to happen is we had to get louder and louder and louder and it it was like almost like deaf ears you know the press democrat once asked why do you people have to push it so far and I actually had a letter, Alice Waco, and I had a letter to the editor in the paper saying, because you don't listen. What do you think it is? And that's one of Martin Luther King's messages, is a a riot is the language of the unheard. I never heard that before. Yeah. A riot is the language of the unheard. I mean, you push people to a corner. Mm -hmm. What else are you supposed to do? Right. If they're not going to listen to you. And you've tried, I mean... You know, you really bring back the memory when I think about how how hard it was, how trying and trying. And then we finally got to the word. Uh, this is this is an interesting uh, topic. Always has been an interesting topic to me. Why they were so afraid of the word oversight? Well, because the sheriff told them they couldn't use it, and he's saying, "I'm independent. You can't have no nobody can have any say over me once I've been elected." That that. That your only form of interaction with the particular office is going into the voting booth. And we know that democracy doesn't work that way. It doesn't work at all if people only go into the the voting booth. They have to have some say in their governance, which means some say with the supervisors, some say with the with the sheriff's office it's our law enforcement it's not their law enforcement it's our law enforcement well think about it our forefathers gave us the first amendment which was freedom of speech why did they do that because they came from such oppression they knew that they had to have a document that said we can speak we can protest against our government we can bring grievances to our government and they must listen to us because we vote them to serve us Correct. So I think that that was uh, kind of uh, missing. Yeah, so they they created the um, Community and Local Law Enforcement Task Force, which met for 15 or 16 months to come up with recommendations. And we were at meeting after meeting after meeting. And one of the recommendations made was the creation of an oversight body. the task the task force itself wanted something really strong and really well funded and that's what they presented and then the task force was dissolved and then there were these teeny tiny meetings in a little room that the public was invited to and there was usually maybe six maybe eight of us there and that was the work to actually create the office that came out of the recommendation and there was constant pushback from county staff 
I don't think it was from them personally, but um, to try to make the resulting office more amenable to the interests of law of the sheriff's office than to the public, and we kept having to fight that, and we won some things, but not everything, and we certainly, from the supervisors, did not win the funding to make this, or or the power to make it an effective office. It started out totally hamstrung. Well, I, I'm telling you, I've been involved with it, and I remember that the, the first struggle was over, um, I can't remember her name right now, when they appointed a, 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 a chairperson. And they were protesting that they didn't like that. Well, we had we had a, a person that was hired by the name of Jerry, Jerry Thweet. Thweet. Mm-hmm. Now, was it working when he was there, or was it not working, or what did it need? That what because I know right now we're going out for petitions, trying to get in the ballot. So, what was it during that time that you felt there was a weakness? Well, it, there were, for one thing, there were not enough people paid to do the work. It was assumed that it needed four to six people, and there were only two. Uh, so it just physically couldn't do the work. And it was not given subpoena power, so when the sheriff would resist and not give information and hold things back, there was nothing you could do about that. And You couldn't subpoena it. And you couldn't, if you felt that you'd seen some incident happen and you weren't seeing that the sheriff's office was creating a sufficient investigation about that event there was no independent investigatory power so you couldn't you couldn't go and do your own investigation so you had to rely on the investigations that came from the sheriff's office and that's really how this ordinance came about because as uh, mr three did this work and he he reviewed uh, over 50 investigations and found them so seriously lacking, like more than 50% of them in his last annual report, he said, were, were poorly done. You know, witnesses were not interviewed. Uh, the person who making the complaint wasn't interviewed. Uh, suddenly, videos going missing and all, all sorts of things uh, showing that these investigations, it appeared that the sheriff's office was not taking them seriously and didn't didn't really want to find out the answers. You know what's interesting about that is when you have oversight or when you have recommendations, when somebody is looking, it's better for the sheriff's department because they have to answer to the community. I and think some, so. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're doing something and you really don't recognize that you're doing mm-hmm. it. I mean, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Every, if, every group defends itself. I mean, that's kind of a normal. human real. It's yeah, a normal, it's normal reaction. But if yeah. you have, if you have kind of a watchdog or someone that's overseen or giving you some input you can always improve and i just for the oops, for the life of me i can't figure out why they don't want to improve well that's that's what we are saying about this ordinance that anything that protects the community protects them too if, if we exactly if we refine the interactions and make them more respectful i mean I think David Ward is a is an excellent example of someone who was actually terrified of law enforcement. And you look out at the world, and you're seeing stuff not just from Sonoma County, 
But you're seeing things that make you terrified of law enforcement. We're all terrified. When, you, when yeah. a cop is behind you, just if yeah. all of a sudden you're driving your car, all of a sudden, oh, my God, what did I do? You know, you're about ready to ram into something. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, I'm, I'm not terrified that they're going to beat me up. But some people have a, have a real reasonable expectation that they may... I don't know. Be. You walk around, you ride around with stickers on your I car. Do. Who knows? You know, I all do. of a sudden, you, you know, one of those <laughs> stickers, you know, get, you know, you never know. Yeah. yeah. You never know. Well, you know, Susan, it, it's, it's really interesting, you know, if, if there's any message that I would like to give to the sheriff's department or to all law enforcement is to realize that we need them. You know, we're all in this boat together and to, that we, we don't need to encourage violence or disinformation or ignoring what's real yeah and and to me we we need the oversight because um they they could improve their relations with the community on their own if they wanted to they could have less violent interactions they could be more respectful you know it's it's not i'm not talking about going out and do doing pr events i'm talking about just by changing the way they interact with the community, they could have a better reputation. Well, you know, but, the, but they haven't. <laughs> well, it's really interesting too. You know, one of the things one of the things that's really interesting when you're facing, you know, like me, I'm facing my 80s. You know, you start reflecting on your life. You know, when I think of young Andy Lopez and I think of Gail House killing him that way. I mean, he has to live with that the rest of his life. His wife has to live with it. his children. I mean. What a, what a legacy! If it's and and if if that legacy could have been much more powerful, if there was some oversight and some way to handle these. Someone issues. who knows him on Facebook said that recently he posted because now he's retired. Gee, it's really great to be paid to just get up in the morning. Oh well. Which, with no, Andy doesn't get to get up in the morning. No, I mean that that's kind of sad. Yeah. Well. What I want to know, okay. What I want to know is what was the straw that broke the camel's back that made all of a sudden everybody get in arms and say we got to go to the ballot. Well, I will say that that when when Jerry Three did uh, his annual report at the end of 2018, he had already spent enough time to realize that the office had lots of shortcomings in terms of power, in terms of money and staffing as i've mentioned before so he actually wrote this ordinance back then and he presented it to the to the supervisors and said this is how we can make this office effective the way it's running now we can't do the job we were told he was told that it would be taken up by the supervisors it never was. They still, to this day, refuse to discuss this. And so it was intervening time. We, you know, there was talk already about it. But once the new director came in and took his place, Carlene Navarro, and started blaming him for everything that was wrong with the, with the office, she could have come in and she could have said... Wow, everybody. She could have turned to Jerry. She could have turned to the public that shows up. She could have turned to the Community Advisory Council, which is part of Iolero, and said, thank you all for all this dedication and all this work. And isn't it unfortunate that there isn't enough money? Because she's now claiming there's not enough money, not enough staffing. She says that. 
but she acts as though it started on the day she started her job. And she still is gaslighting everybody else as though somehow it is their fault without ever putting it on the supervisors. So, so we so the reaction was so she started saying she came in and she said, Okay, the community advisory council, which looks at sheriff's policy and makes recommendations about sheriff's policy, I don't want you doing that anymore. You're not gonna do that anymore. As a matter of fact, I'm going to cut the number of people. I'm going to do this. She's, she started violating bylaws from her very first meeting. And finally, everybody just, you know, the disrespect was so phenomenal from day one. And why? Why? Well, you know, but what's interesting, rather than complain about it, rather than scream about it, do something. Exactly. Start with the petition. So... Hold Correct. that thought. Yes. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a musical break now. We're gonna play a little bit of a song called Everybody Knows and <laughs> I mean I I just when I listen to you and I think of all that we went through, it it's so sad. Yes. It really is. It's very sad because they make it difficult. They make it difficult. You know, even go you know, trying to get something on the ballot. How many signatures do you need? Oh, uh, twenty one, almost twenty two thousand. Almost twenty two. I mean, that's a lot of legwork. It is a lot of people, and we're grassroots. You know, you know, you don't have the money to go and spend. A well, dollar. we're trying to raise it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all kinds of things. So let's go ahead and listen to everybody knows. And let me see that sheet. I want to know who's is that by. Uh, I want to see who we're, we got it by. Oh, Holly Figueroa. This is one of my favorite. So we're going to listen to, oh, about half of it. Then, uh, then we'll come back and we'll finish our conversation with one of my favorite people here, Susan Lamont. And we're talking about a, a new initiative that they're trying to put on the uh, new or a potential ordinance for the November 2020 ballot. And a very, very interesting conversation. Lots to think about. You know, the most important thing is, remember, our Constitution starts out with... We the people. And that's what we the people are doing, standing up and trying to make something a little bit better for all of us. For all of us. Go ahead, Ken. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls at the fingers crossed. Everybody knows that the war is over. Everybody knows that the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor and the rich get rich. It's how it goes. And everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows that the captain lied. Everybody got this broken feeling. Like the father or the dog just died Everybody talking to their pockets Everybody wants a box of chocolates And a long stem rose And everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows that you've been faithful Give or take a night or two Everybody knows you've been discreet So many people you just had to meet Without your clothes And everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows That's how it goes 
it's now or never Everybody knows that it's me or you Everybody knows that you'll live forever When you've done a line or two Everybody knows the deal is rotten Old Black Joe's still picking cotton For your ribbons and bows And everybody knows Everybody knows that the plague is coming And everybody knows that it's moving fast Everybody knows a naked man and woman Are just a shining artifact of the past Everybody knows the scene is dead There's gonna be a meter on your bed Yes, everybody knows. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And with me in the studio is Susan Lamont, a longtime social justice advocate. And we are continuing our conversation about the Independent Office of Law Enforcement Review and Outreach, Alalero, and a potential ordinance on the November 2020 ballot. And I just want to welcome back, Susan. I just want to clarify something. You know, I kind of met Carlene Navarro, and one of the things that I felt is that it's not totally her fault. I mean, she walked into something overwhelming. I mean, yes, let's face is. it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, the idea of the ordinance is because you want to get it down in, in paper and say, this is the way, and the people voting on it, because we the people, that's our right. Exactly. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, so, this, but, as I say, this was written before she was ever even on right, the Right. And, so. and it, you know, it, it's really important that we understand that we're not isolating people. We're in this together. You know, we're all people that want protection and peace. I mean, mm-hmm. what else is there? Okay, so talk about the initial ordinance. What What is it and uh, what will it cost or anything else that you feel is important to share? And also to remind people that today at the Baptist Church on Sonoma Avenue, there will, there will be petitions that people, I mean... Uh, uh, yeah, they can sign petitions there. You can sign. Is that what they're called? Petitions. Yes. I'm yeah. sorry. Sign petitions there. So right. go ahead. Talk as, a little as bit. As you'll about be able it. to do at the anti-war rally on on Saturday, we're going to be all over the place. So um, I think one of the fundamental parts of it is is sufficient funding because without that, you can't do any of the rest of it. Oh, before we start, why do you call it the Evelyn Cheatham? What, what to talk a little oh, bit? Oh, because about. because Evelyn Cheatham, um, who has a history going back to the Black Panthers of um, rights for, um, in, the, in that case, black people uh, who had real problems with law enforcement. So law enforcement has been an issue for her her whole life. Um, she was on the Community Advisory Council. So she was actually on the task force and then she was on the Community Advisory Council and she was fundamental inspiration for this ordinance and she was working on it when she died so in order to honor her we we named the ordinance after right. her she did pass away what a yes, wonderful she person she, she started was. what was the name of the uh the, it was the worth our weight worth our weight. they trained uh young people uh, so they could be chefs and uh have a future Started from scratch. Yes, started she, with a vision. Yes, she did. So go ahead. Finish. Okay. So the funding, the the uh, m- many of these um, offices are funded as a percentage of the sheriff's budget, and it can be one percent, two percent. I think there are even some that are three percent. This one is is the lowest, asking for simply one percent of the sheriff's budget, and the sheriff's. Um, the sheriff 
Microsoft's office gets $177 million. Essentially, 50% of the county's budget goes to the sheriff. It's just like it's just like the federal government. Your defense is half your, you know, half your budget. 50% goes to the so, sheriff? So we're asking for 1% of that, which is $1.77 million. And the, the goal is to have somewhere between four and six people working to be able to get this done. So that's one of, one of the major things. Another is that it mandates the cooperation of the sheriff's office because the sheriff's office has been very uncooperative. Um, and most of that happens behind the scenes. And we, we actually, Public Records Act, Kathleen Finnegan got the communications between the sheriff and uh, the Iolera office and it shows the lack of cooperation. You know, that's so interesting. You know, I actually, we did a special program here at uh, KBBF when uh, the sheriff race was had. I had uh, John Mutz on and I had uh, Sheriff Essex on. And I'm really surprised because his his whole theme was about cooperation. And and it's really... I've never heard a political candidate tell a mistruth. (laughs) I should bring them back. I should. Yeah. I, I, you really, I should. I should really find out what's going on with them. Yeah, because they. He he says that he would. Lo- he's fine with these reviews of the investigations, but even in that case, and a lot of this was under Rob Giordano. You know, the hero, the hero sheriff, who really was only a hero during the fire. He wasn't a hero in any other respect. Well, he was part of the... I remember he was part of the... When we were trying to hire someone, he was part of the team that was coming and giving us the report at the meetings. Yes, yes. He he came and talked when the sheriff wouldn't show up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, the it uh, mandates access to the sheriff's investigations and evidence and dispatch reports and databases, more information... To, to make uh, intelligent analysis of the various investigations as it stands now they don't give they don't give you enough information to be able to really conduct that um, it makes uh, gives independent authority to Iolero to have its own investigations if if an investigation doesn't seem adequate they you could have your own invest you could do your own investigation and it clarifies uh, gives them subpoena power which they had haven't had, and gives them authority over investigations into use of force, constitutional violations, sexual assault, harassment, and there are some sub- significant cases of that within the sheriff's office and the jail, and allegations of biased policing and corrections, and then it. Um, those are the those are the main things. Well, it's that it pretty does. comprehensive, and people have got to understand that an ordinance is is a kind of a mandate from the people. It is, and it's not a negative. It's just saying that we, the people, this is what we want. Yeah, we want this to be effective. That's what That's we want. It, yeah. Period. Yes, we want something we, to be effective, and the sheriff should not be threatened. Nobody should just mm-hmm. looking at. It. In fact, I'm going to. Yeah. You know, we got to have fair and balance, right? So we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see if we can get. And we, and we didn't even talk David Ward, and we're running out of time, but. It's our belief that if this office had been effective from day one, Deputy Blount might not have been employed, and some of the tactics that were used might not have happened, 
and David Ward might be alive. Okay, we're down to wire, okay. Susan. Let's give websites, and okay. we're going to be at the Baptist Church, and yep. and we can come on again, and we can right. we can do further, you know, mm-hmm. as we move along. What's the deadline on this? The deadline is the beginning of May. Okay, so we got some time right. to get in. So, so the website is SoCo, you know, for Sonoma County, S O C O, Effective Oversight dot org, and to email us, it's info at SoCoEffectiveOversight.org. We also meet every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 at the Arlene Francis Center, 99 6th Street. If you'd like to join us, we could use your help. We need more petition signature gathers. That's our main thing right now. You can also donate online. There's a donation button. And also, everything will be on Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces, the times, the dates, everything that you need to know. Well, thank you, Susan. That's it for our show. Thank you. Thank you. Again, a special shout-out to Susan Lamont for giving us all this wonderful information about a new initiative that they're working on. And also, a shout-out again to Leslie Grace for the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, event Women's March she had. And a reminder to people to go down to the Baptist Church. It's a a day on, not a day off, to volunteer, just to meet folks. Just to say hi, to give someone a hug. And it ends with a march. Pardon? It ends with a march. Oh, it ends with a march, so you get get a little exercise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't beat that. And Ken and I will be there with our oranges and lemons. Well, that's it, folks, you know. And I want to remind you, as I do every year, every every day, every time I'm on the air, my God, I'm all excited. Anyway, our children are the future, and we must never lose sight of that. And also to Hope you listen. Anyway, this is Elaine B. Holtz. You've been listening to Women's Spaces, and I look forward to being with you the next time. She knows everything you do because a woman in your life you. Previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, January 20th, 2020.